Jones. And happy National Tell a Fairy Tale Day. I like that one. It also happens to be National Pistachio Day, which is probably a little easier to say, but not as much fun. It's National Pistachio Day, and but more importantly, it's National Tell a Fairy Tale Day. So everyone, if you have kids, tell them a fairy tale. Make up your own. I always have fun doing that. I haven't done it in a while, though, but we always used to tell these stories, and we kind of have, like, ongoing stories, and... Me and Arlo and Jack, and you know, we kind of build our own little stories and they continue like each night. We need to do that again. I haven't done that in a while. So, thank you, National Tell a Fairy Tale Day, for reminding me of something good. Um, so, welcome back. Um, I haven't been, haven't been on here for, uh, I guess, almost a couple of weeks now. May actually be two weeks or close to it. It's been at least a week. Um, because I was off for last week off of work. Um, I did work Monday, but I had some extra, I had some vacation days and I kind of needed it. So I used them for the rest of last week after Monday and I had six days off in a row. I was, you know, the first time I've had that in a while. It was nice. It really was. And I needed it. And for, you know, fans of, uh, me, I guess you have probably been following along and you know that we have been very active on the YouTube channel. Um, it's talking sports at work at YouTube or, you know, youtube.com slash at talking sports at work or just, you know, you probably already know, but we've been pretty active on there. We've been doing a lot of, uh, new stuff on there. Actually, you know, it was just similar to the podcast, but, um, I did some videos of me and the kids just playing games because that's inexplicably something that people want to watch nowadays, which, excuse me, that's it. Uh, that's a thing that's a conversation in and of itself but I know when I was a kid that was like the worst thing you could do is have to watch someone else because you know when I was a kid I remember the games that were still sometimes there were you know one player games that you had to take turns with you know your friend or your sibling my in my case it was my cousin a lot of the time you know we had to take turns playing and so having to watch someone else play it was like the worst thing in the world but now people want to watch people play video games so hey whatever I'll take advantage of it um, so yeah, anyway, I, I did one of those and it immediately got much more attention, m- many more views, anything, you know, much more exposure than anything else I have done, podcast, YouTube, anything like within a few hours, it was a triple digit views. And so, you know, that's something that we're doing more of now. And, you know, I think I, I can still hopefully sort of stick to the sports theme and we can maybe play, you know, we put some Madden stuff on there. Um, Jack loves Madden. Of course, I love Madden. And here in a few months, we're going to get a new college football game. And that's something else to talk about, but we'll save that for uh, later. Um, And yeah, maybe we can play NBA and baseball. You know, we've got all the sports games, so maybe we can do that and sort of stick with the sports theme. But for now, you know, we're just, I'm still kind of discovering, I think, what it's going to be on the YouTube channel. And if it does go more towards us playing games together, I'll probably end up changing the name because talking sports at work already doesn't make a ton of sense for me doing videos not at work. But, you know, hey, we, we've got time to develop that. So um, I hope everyone has had a great February so far. Mine has been good. Um, started off kind of rough just because I hate this time of year. Um you know, I'm, I'm a fall person and this is like the opposite of fall and it's been way too warm all February. It's been like early spring 
and I just, I don't know, I like cold weather, and I, it, so anyway, it, it started off kind of sucky, but then, I, you know, I took that week off last week, and that's really sort of done exactly what I hoped it would do, which is sort of, you know, give me a chance to reset and, you know, sort of rebalance, recenter, refocus, you know, get, get my perspective back on track, and, um, and, and yeah, it just gave me some time to relax and, and well, you know, a lot of time to get other stuff done and build up, uh, you know, the other things that I'm trying to do. So, yeah, it, it, it's been good. Um, so, as far as actual sports topics today, we do have a few things to talk about. Um, I was listening to the, the radio this morning, like I usually do, you know, listening to sports radio. And uh, one thing is Peter King. Oh, God, here we go. This thing's about to re- about to mess up. I don't know what it is. Oh, boy, I got to tell you, I did not miss that. The random interruptions and technical difficulties of trying to do a podcast on the go. Um, but, you know, back again. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, NIL is going to be, I think, the main topic of today. We got some really good news on that front. I personally have been investing a lot of my time um, and, and whatever on researching NIL. And I actually, I, yeah, I, may, I may have already said this, but I, I wrote an essay on it for a class that I'm in right now. And so I've done a lot of personal, spent a lot of personal time, you know, looking at NIL, researching it, learning about it, writing about it. And we got some big news on that front today. Um, Or well, actually it was yesterday or sometime, sometime over the last couple of days. Might've been Friday now that I think about it. Anyway, got some big news on NIL. Also, Peter Keene, who is one of my favorite sports people is retiring, he announced this morning. So that's that's kind of sad because I, I love him. Peter King, a longtime football writer for Sports Illustrated. He does the MMQB Monday morning quarterback thing. Um, he's on NBC Sports with, uh, with Mike Florio a lot, who I also love. Um, and so, yeah, the, the sports world is going to be losing a, a big, big, big time, uh, contributor, a guy who's helped tons of people's careers, a guy who has, uh, you know, really changed a lot about, uh, football reporting. So, you know, good for him that, you know, good for his career and I'm happy that he's going to go get to go fishing or whatever now, but also sad that we're going to be losing him. Um, and then we had some, uh, draft stuff to talk about. We've got two months to talk about draft stuff, so we're going to dive on into it. Oh, I meant to, that's something I meant to do. I've played around with these little mock draft things. Um, You know, you can just Google uh, mock draft or simulator or free mock draft or whatever, and I keep, I I play around with them, but I, I keep meaning to actually do one for real and save it and be able to share it and talk to, talk to you guys about it on here. Um, I didn't do that. Maybe I'll do that sometime over the next couple of days and then do another episode, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'm off Wednesday, but I might do it on the YouTube channel. That might be good because then I can actually share it on the screen. That's a good idea I'm going to do that. Um, excuse me. So, um, but yeah, we've are, we've got some draft stuff to talk about, um, you know, the big topic there, what are the bears going to do? Are they going to keep uh, everybody's kind of leaning, you know, a month ago, everybody was the, the, the prevailing thought was they're going to keep, uh, Justin Fields 
pretty quickly, it shifted to what I've been saying all along, which is they should draft Caleb Williams. Um, now, there's a lot to that, though, and we'll dive into that here in a few more minutes. But first, um, wanted to talk about my own, you know, do my little TMI thing, which I've gotten away from that. I don't always do it anymore. Um, but, you know, now that football season is over, I, I think there's probably more time um, because, I'm, you know, I'm not a big basketball fan, certainly not um, – Certainly not a big baseball fan, although I am getting back into baseball for the first time since I was a kid, which is fun. They've made it more interesting now. They've actually uh, they, they've accepted progress in sports and they've decided to move into the 21st century and no longer chastise guys for having personalities and, you know, actually embrace making the game fun and exciting and faster. And, you know, baseball fans and baseball people are the most they cling to history and cling to tradition and cling to the old ways more than any other, you know, group of people. That's not, I don't know, MAGA or something, but more than any other sports fan uh, base, you know, college football people are kind of that way too, which is another aspect of the NIL thing that we'll get into, but not, they're not even to the level of baseball people, but baseball is becoming fun again. um, And, so maybe we'll have some stuff to talk about there. But anyway, I, what I was saying is, you know, I figure I'll have more time just to talk about my personal whatever now that football season's over. But we'll also have plenty to talk about in the off season as well as with basketball. Because, I mean, especially right now, the balls are killing it. Um, and the, the NBA is well underway. Um, but what I was thinking today is, and this is something that I know – I don't know if there are multiple people who listen to this from work. Uh, I know there is at least one friend of mine from work who does listen to this, and I don't know if he'd want me to say his name, but thank you for listening. Um, I, I don't know if there are any more than him, but <clears throat> I usually don't talk about the specifics of my job on here for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, well, a couple of reasons, I guess. But anyway, I just usually don't. Um, but today, I've, uh, that's the main thing on my mind, because I've been away for a week, and while I was gone, there were some big changes. Um, and this is something that we've known has been coming for a while, this kind of thing, because it's it's weird. Our station is very, it's it's not a traditional station for what this company normally has. It's very small. We're just out of a small building in Cleveland here. And it's a relatively, you know, it's a small group of people. I think there are probably only like 20 people who who work there. Um, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's something like that, you know, and only I think under 20 routes, And so, you know, we're a tight-knit group. We all know each other. We're, you know, we're all friendly and comfortable with one another. And that's a big deal for somebody like me who's not usually, you know, super sociable and comfortable around a lot of people. Um, But, you know, it's really just a great situation. And it's unusual. You know, most stations for this company are not like that. They're big and and they're not as comfortable and casual. But, you know, our small little thing – we perform really well. We do our jobs really well. We work well together. And so for the most part, they, you know, we're just kind of left alone and they let us do our thing because we do it well. 
But now there are some big changes coming in the company as a whole, um, you know, starting at the at the very top. And that's trickling down to everywhere, including our little station. And apparently we are, you know, because we've always got sort of this lingering fear in the back of our minds that eventually they're going to close our station. They're, they close, they've been closing other stations for a while. Uh, they've been condensing. They've been uh, whatever. But, you know, since before I started working there for years and years and years, there has been that constant sort of possibility that eventually they're going to say, okay, enough with this little station, even though they do it, they do their jobs well, it's, you know, not good to just have this one little station there that's different than everybody else, whatever. So they're not closing our station, but we are going to be losing um, an area. We don't know which area yet. It does feel like my area is one of the more likely ones to go, though, because it is one of the furthest out, the furthest from our station. And it feels like if they're going to take some area away, it's going to be something on the outskirts of, you know, what we do. And so it does feel like my area is uh, one of the most likely, and that sucks. Um, And if that happens, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I've got, um, you you know, but here's what I'm getting at with all of this. We've always kind of had that fear that, you know, they're going to close our station or they're going to start trimming it down and, or they're going to combine it with this other, uh, branch of the company that is not nearly as good or as employee friendly, um, and that is happening on the grand scale. The, the companies are combining. Um, but, you know, we've just always had it really good. And so I was talking to my boss about it this morning. And, and we talked for a few minutes um, right when I got there. And then, you know, he had he got into it with everyone else about, you know, but, but they had already known. But evidently they had more questions. And so it kind of became like a group thing. And so then everybody else left and I hung around and I talked to him for uh, uh, several more minutes about it afterwards. And it was really nice because, well, A, he and I have, we've always been really friendly and and I I would say friends, Um, but we got to where things were really tense between us for a while because they had been screwing up my pay um, for months and underpaying me. And I had been having to fight with him and with payroll and with everybody to prove it and to get it fixed. And so everything was kind of tense between us. I was mad at him for a while. He was irritated with me for a while. And so it sucked to kind of lose the friendship, the relationship that we had had. But, you know, now it feels good just to have that back again. Um, But more than that, or well, you know, uh, in addition to that, it was nice talking to him because he's taking the perspective of, you know, look, we kind of have always felt like this thing. And I even said it, you know, my thinking is it's always kind of felt like this might be kind of too good to be true. And he was taking that same perspective and saying, you know what, I'm just going to look at it as, you know, let's enjoy this while we've got it. You know, we've got an incredible situation. We've got an incredible group of people who work really well together. He was saying, of all the places I've ever managed, the, you guys by far are the best and work together the best. And it's, things just go smoothly. And 
And he's just kind of trying to take the perspective of, you know what, let's just enjoy it. There's nothing we can do to stop these changes. There's nothing that we can do to prevent them from taking routes away or shutting our station down. So let's just enjoy this time while we have it. And that's kind of the perspective that I've been trying to take all along because I've always known this is not what I want to do for the rest of my working life. Um, You know, if that were the case, I wouldn't be in school right now and, you know, doing the other side things that I'm doing. Um, But, you know, it's nice to hear someone else kind of echo that same that same sentiment and remind me about it, I guess, you know, to just say, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this ride while we can. Um, You know, hopefully it will continue to last and, you know, we can keep going. But. You know, if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And there's really nothing we can do about that. Um, But, you know, just appreciate what we've got here. And that's what I've kind of been feeling like all along, you know, because I've known that eventually I I love this job. I do. But it's not what I want to do forever. I don't make enough money, although I don't do, you know, it's not like I'm I do relatively well with this job, but not where I want to be. Um, it's not the level of, it's not a lot of things that I would want, but I do love it. I do enjoy it. And so I've kind of been trying to take that perspective all along, you know, let me just enjoy this while I can. I know that eventually I'm going to finish school. I'm going to have that degree. I'm going to have to go back to a more traditional job, or I'm going to, you know, start working from home and, and not be around people that much, or I'm going to have to go back into an office setting where I am around people all the time. And, Either way, you know, it's going to be something that I probably won't enjoy quite as much as I do this. I might make more money. I might be more successful, but I won't enjoy it the way that I do this. So I need to just try to be grateful and appreciate this ride while I can. Um, And so it was nice to hear someone else sort of have that same that same sort of perspective on it, I think. And, And like I said, even to remind me that that's the perspective that I need to have. Um, so yeah, there might be some big changes coming. Um, we're not going to know anything for sure for probably at least another, uh, couple of weeks, but, you know, if there are going to be any big changes for me personally coming, I will of course keep you guys posted on that. Um, and we'll see, but you know, either way I am going to start looking for plan B. I am going to, um, you know, I have a couple of things uh, that I could start doing to make, which I've been planning on doing anyway, to start making some extra money. Um, you know, and I need to really dive into those things now and sort of suss it out and find out how much I can make. And if it would be something sustainable or something that, you know, if I lose this job that I could continue doing uh, or fall back on. Um, so, yeah, but I'm going to have to start coming up with some some contingency plans. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, nothing will change for a while. Hopefully I can just continue on my route for another year or so, but we'll see. Um, and either way, I'm going to try to enjoy this while I can and, uh, we'll go from there. So anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be back and we'll talk about some sports stuff. All right. Hey friends back again. So, uh, before we really dive into the uh, NIL stuff, which I think is probably going to be the bigger topic of today. Um, or at least, you know, for me, um, I was going to talk quickly about the, um, 
some of the draft stuff was really just one topic about the draft because like I said, I think I'm going to do a mock draft and then, uh, you know, maybe share that and put it on the YouTube channel or talk about it on here or both, uh, sometime within the coming days. But at the top of the draft, that's the big topic of conversation. What do the bears do now? I have been of the opinion all along that they need to take Caleb Williams. And it's not because I think he is a generational talent. I don't. I don't think he is the next Patrick Mahomes. I do not think that he is as a prospect on the level of Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or anything like that. But I do think that he is about as close to a can't-miss quarterback as you can get without being that generational talent, you know, without being that very tippy-tippy top of the John Elway, Andrew Luck category. I do think that he is a solid, no doubt, number one overall type of quarterback. I think he's like a level ahead of Jared Goff and maybe around the, you know, Joe Burrow level as ter- in terms of being a prospect. Um, of course, not the same player at all, but just in terms of the quality of the prospect and, you know, how the likelihood of him turning into a franchise quarterback, I think he's about on that Joe Burrow level. Um, and, you know, we see how that worked out. So I think if there is a guy like that and you have even a question at the quarterback position, you take that guy. It's the most important position in the sport. It is the most important position in all of the major sports. There's nothing to even compare it to in basketball or baseball because your entire everything is going to be determined by your quarterback. He is the guy who touches the ball every play. He is the guy who he's, I mean, your success is determined by this one player. Now, are there exceptions? Well, sure. Sometimes teams win with great defense and an okay quarterback. But you've got to at least have an okay quarterback to even have a chance. So, if there is a question and if you have the ability to answer that question, you do it. And with Justin Fields, look, I like him. I liked Justin Fields going into the draft. I said all along that he's the second best quarterback in this draft. I don't know why people's opinions had changed on him. I mean, I know he wasn't great in the last couple of games there at Ohio State, but, you know, before that, the consensus was it was Trevor Lawrence, then Justin Fields, and then everybody else. And for some reason, uh, people started liking Zach Wilson, and I think that was Trey Lance that year, maybe. Um, And it just... I don't know why people soured on Justin Fields, but it felt to me like all along, he's the second best play quarterback in this draft. Um, now, though, he hasn't been great as a pro. And my thinking is, if after three years, you're still not sure he's not your guy. And I can speak from personal experience on that because we've had that recent experience with a guy named Mariota. We had him, we actually gave him five years. And still, going into that fifth year, we're unsure. But we did everything. We built a great team around him, built a great offensive line, gave him weapons. And that way we would know in that fifth year, that final you know option year, if he is the guy or not. And that was the year where we made the switch to Tannehill and everything got better from there. Um, but if you still don't know going into year four if this is your quarterback, the answer is no. He's not. Now, does that mean that he's a complete bust? No. He could go somewhere else and be successful. I think if you put him on the Steelers or maybe the Falcons, 
you know, or, or put him with the Patriots and give him some weapons, maybe. But I don't think he is. And, and really, here's what this comes down to. And we can we can analyze this from every possible perspective. Look at all the ins and outs. You know, dissect this as much as possible. In the end, there's only one question that needs to be asked here. Which one do you think is going to be better? Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? Who's going to be the better quarterback? Don't think about potential trade value. Don't think about uh, draft position. Don't think about salary. Don't think about anything. Because none of that matters when deciding the future, the face, the franchise, everything that is going to be your team will be determined by this guy. So don't think about anything else. Who's going to be better? Is it Justin Fields or is it Caleb Williams? And I think the answer to that one is is pretty clearly Williams. Not to mention the fact that once you do start asking the other little questions and looking at the other elements, he's better too. He's going to be a lot less expensive for five years, whereas Justin Fields, you know, he's going to cost you a lot very soon. Um, Now, the other thing that you – the one advantage to keeping Fields, of course – would be you could get a lot of trade value, you know, trading back. In fact, it was Peter King who uh, talked about a a potential move for the Bears where they trade back to two, let the commanders move up and get Caleb Williams, and then they trade back again with the Falcons to like eight, and then they would still get the eighth overall pick, and as well as they'd have like a buttload of first and second round picks over the next two years. now, if they were going to keep Fields, then yeah, that would be the right direction. But I still am of the mindset that Caleb Williams is worth more than all of those picks. I, 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 I truly believe that. Unless you are going to use one of those picks. Hey, sorry about the interruption again. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was, you know, really in the end, this comes down to one simple question. Who do you think is going to be better? Who's going to be the better quarterback? And I think the consensus on that would be Caleb Williams. Um, Can you get a buttload of draft capital for that pick if you wanted to make that kind of move? Yeah, absolutely. Is any of that going to be worth having a star franchise quarterback? No, no, it won't. I mean, it's just, it feels like it's a simple decision for me. Now, is that tempting? Yeah, that's really, really tempting to know that you could get a dozen first and second round picks almost over the next couple of years um, if you played this right. But again, none of that compares to a, a guy. And plus, another thing that I think you have to factor in here when trying to predict what the Bears are going to do is who it is making this decision. Look at the Bears' recent history. Look at, they are still the team. Now, everybody, you know, we don't remember it. It's not as much in the forefront of our minds as it once was, but they are still the team that traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. They are still that team. Now, it might be a different, you know, coach and I think it's a different front office largely but that's still that organization that's still what a lot of the fans a lot of the people there remember that hasn't been that long ago they are still the team 
that traded up one spot to take Mitchell Trubisky with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes there on the board. That's not something you get past quickly. Now, again, it's not maybe on the forefront of our minds anymore like it was for a few years, but that's who we're dealing with here. That's who this organization, that's who this fan base is. This is the team that still has not had a franchise quarterback that I can remember, really. I mean, you go back, who's the last franchise quarterbacks the Bears really had? Was Jay Cutler was close? You know, they made a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. They didn't end up winning it, but, you know, they had some success uh, in the 80s with great defense and, and Jim McMahon, who was an okay quarterback. But, you know, the game's very, very different nowadays. The, the Bears have never really had this uh, a kind of guy like Caleb Williams looks like he's going to be. I think you've got to factor that in when you're thinking about what are they going to do. This is the team that thought they had their guy and passed on two superstars, one who's a generational, you know, maybe the best to ever do it, and the team who took another swing on Justin Fields and horribly mismanaged him. I think they've got to go and get their quarterback. So, but in the end, like I said, it's really just boils down to that one simple question. Who do you think is going to be better? Who do you think is the better pro quarterback? That's it. So, anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I'll be right back, and we'll dive into some more stuff. All right, friends, back again. So, I'm going to go ahead and start winding down, excuse me, wrapping up today's uh, morning segment. Um, I'm going to have an interruption here in uh, about three minutes, too, because I'm going to have a timer go off on my phone. Um, But... Really quickly, I just wanted to talk about um, the NIL situation right now, um, and there's a lot to there, there's a lot to dive into with this because, like I said, I, I've I've written an essay on it. I've been reading a lot and studying a lot about it. We've got a lot dealing with it right now, Tennessee fans. Um, but the uh, biggest news of the week was, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Keep getting kind of, let me take a sip of something here. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Lord, I hope I'm not getting some kind of sick or something. Jack has been, my my son has been uh, sniffling now for like the last three days and had a runny nose and uh, nothing too bad, but just his nose has been running really badly. And I kind of think it might be like an allergies thing. You know, it's with this early springtime coming up and maybe I'm getting something like that too. Um, But we uh, got the ruling in on Friday. I think it was that the NCAA can no longer enforce NIL rules because Tennessee and Virginia attorney generals had sued them over um, their investigation into our handling of, excuse me, Nico Iamaliava, who is now, you know, the entire hopes of our, uh, of our football program. Um, and they had basically launched this investigation into us because he flew on a private jet to come visit the university. Apparently that's what the main aspect of this investigation is about, that that was like some 
on some illegal benefit or something. And, and I think there's more to it that still has not been released yet, but that's at least the one big element that we know of. So, <clears throat> of course, you know, we're going to fight back. I can't believe that Florida State didn't fight back more when the NCAA started investigating them um, for, you know, NIL violations because there are no real rules to this. The only things that they, they basically, two and a half years ago, um, Hang on. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, so two and a half years ago, they accepted, because of all the lawsuits and all the pressure against them, they finally accepted that students can, student athletes can now profit from the use of their name, image, and likeness um, being profited on, which people who don't like that, people who think that, you know, that it's ruining the game and that they should just remain totally unpaid amateurs. I don't understand that. I don't understand that thinking at all. Now, I get the thinking that you don't want to turn them into employees and make this a professional thing, but that's not what's happening. There is a middle ground, and that's what was supposed to be, theoretically, NIL was supposed to be that. Um, I, you know, because if you make them employees and everybody gets paid, that makes it an entirely new thing and you know it might not turn into a bad thing it might end up being okay but it would completely change everything now they are no longer just students they are paid athletes who you know would have uh, more rights as as employees and have to have health benefits and you know it would just become a whole thing um but, you know, it felt like the good middle ground. And this is something I had said over a decade ago. Why don't we just allow them to profit from the use of their, you know, their name? And, you know, if you're putting their face on a on a, a thing that you're saying, if you put their face on a poster or you put their fucking their names on a jersey, you put their image on a video game, how is it legal that they don't get a piece of that? You're making billions. I mean, the, the, I can't I wish I had the figures in front of me. I, I have that all in my essay. And if I if I were able to pull over and look at it, I would, but I'm not going to right now. <laughs> But, I mean, billions of dollars. The SEC and Big Ten alone raked in multiple billions of dollars each year, um, largely on football. And they're making all this money. The media people, the um, athletic directors, the exec, you know, the, the people at the top of these universities, they're, uh, you know, because it's not just like the money's going to the schools. I mean, ESPN is raking in billions off of this stuff. Um, you know, all the people involved are making all this money on unpaid labor. They're making it on the backs of these people who are not getting a piece of it. it that's, that seems unconstitutional to me. That seems un-American. That seems completely against the idea of capitalism. But... Anyway, so, but that's a, that's another discussion it feels like in itself because I really don't understand the argument against it, but I do understand how people are a little upset with the current structure of NIL because it, there is no structure. There's no system. There's nothing in place. They basically said, okay, these students can profit off of the use of their name, their image, their likeness, but we don't really know what, how it's going to work. 
So let's put in some very vague and, of course, completely uh, uh, arbitrary rules, which basically what the rules boil down to is this. Um, the student has to provide some sort of service to receive money. So he has to make an appearance on a car commercial or he has to um, uh, post something on social media to promote uh, uh, this business or this organization or something. The student has to do something to earn this marketing money, basically, and it can't be used as a recruiting tool. If there were, I, that has got to be, as soon as they put that in place, if there, if there was some word that I could think of that could completely encapsulate a massive eye roll, that's the word that should be used to describe it. Who in their right minds actually believed that this would not be immediately used as a recruiting tool and that literally every university in existence that has football programs and basketball programs did was not already doing this to some degree. They were already making, you know, they were already paying these students. They were already doing things under the table and they were using it. Places like Texas A&M, you know, they had that big thing not too long ago. I, I, they were already using it to recruit. So now you're going to say, okay, we can do it all to some degree above board, but don't use it as a recruiting tool. These kids already have these deals worked out, negotiated, ready to go before they commit to these universities. Of course, it's a recruiting tool. It was always going to be a recruiting tool. So to put in a put a rule in place like that is completely stupid and arbitrary and pointless and counterproductive. Everybody. If they're going to investigate Tennessee and Florida and Florida State for that, then they may as well go ahead and launch investigations into literally every single university with a football program because everybody's going to do it and is doing it. So that's it, though. Though That's what they said. And they've made changes and adjustments, and now they're trying to basically go back and uh, enforce rules that were not in place when they say these violations happened onto us. And it's really just, it's a mess. And the NCAA is losing respect. It's losing authority. In fact, I think college football should just become its own thing. I'm not saying that necessarily they should have paid players, paid employees, but I do think that right now ESPN and the SEC and the Big Ten have the authority, have the money, have the power to just break off and say, let's let's be done with the NCAA. We don't need them anymore. It's pointless. And I think that's what's eventually going to happen, that these major conferences, along with the media, mostly Disney, ESPN, they're just going to go ahead and break off from the NCAA and say, you know, we don't need this shit anymore. Let's do our own thing. Um, and so for the NCAA to now take another big blow on this with the courts basically saying you can't enforce this at all because it is illegal. It is violating antitrust laws. That's got to be a big blow because now not only – is the media and their member universities and everybody saying these rules are stupid and pointless and vague and ambiguous and make no sense. Now you've got the government, the Supreme Court of the United States saying, yeah, 
You can't enforce these rules. They're ridiculous. So I don't know where we go from here, but I know that it's a win for the University of Tennessee. I feel like it's a win for student athletes because the NCAA is still trying to basically prevent them from it's pointless. It really is. So Charlie Baker, I saw him on something the other day and this was after I could I couldn't but couldn't be sure if this was recorded before or after the ruling came out, but it was, I think it was on a college basketball game I was watching, and they showed an interview with him uh, about something. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, I wonder if this interview was done after or before he heard about the, the Supreme Court ruling, which I don't know if it was like the Supreme Court of the United States. It was probably more of like a, you know, a, a more local somewhere federal court, but it was a federal court ruling that the NCAA could not enforce NIL rules at all anymore until this shit got straightened out. So now they are going to be forced to put in place some sort of common sense structure, some sort of actually applicable and usable system that makes sense, or I don't know where they go. I don't know what's going to happen. But the NCAA is every year now, it feels like every month, losing more and more authority, losing more and more respect, and instead of trying to embrace this modern system that they are now forced to allow and trying to come up with a system that works for the student-athletes, that works for the big universities, that works for everyone, they just want to keep trying to come up with completely pointless and arbitrary rules and then try to enforce them when they know that nobody's abiding by them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm pulled over right now. Um, I had to stop here for a second. I am about to be at my destination. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my rant on that. But anyway, so the Vols, uh got a win there in court, and I don't know where we're going to go from here, but NIL was already kind of a chaotic, creating a Wild West sort of uh, thing in the uh, in college football, and now if they're saying that none of their rules can be enforced, I I'm, don't know what's going to happen from here on out, but anyway, it, you know, and another thing really quickly, I, I looked at my notes here, because it's something I heard about on, uh, they were discussing it on some sports radio talk show the other day was wondering if, you know, people were going, going to quit watching football. You know, these college football traditionalists who say that NIL is ruining the game, if they're really going to quit watching it and if that would matter at all. And the answer, I think, at least to the second one is no, nobody's going to care. This has become the, maybe the second biggest sport in America, college football only behind the NFL. Now, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that college football now has the status and the money of any of the other major sports. Basketball, MLB, hockey, college football now is right up there with those. So, is it going to matter if some group of assholes says we're not watching it anymore? Nah, nobody's going to care. It's the same with the people who uh, said they weren't going to watch the NFL anymore because the people were kneeling during the anthem. All right. Who cares? 
if that's the statement you're going to make is basically just depriving yourself of football, good luck to you. You think the NFL is going to notice or anyone's going to care? Nope. And so it's the same way with these people. If they want to say that they're not going to watch college football anymore because these kids are making money and, you know, it's ruined the game or whatever, I'd like to hear an actual argument that makes sense against this. But, you know, if those people want to say that, all right, good luck to you. College football is going to be just fine. They won't notice you're, you not being there. Anyway, so if you have a perspective, any of my handful of listeners or however many I have now, if you have a perspective on that and you'd like to share it with me, call me, text me, uh, comment on here. I'd be very interested to hear it. So um, I want to thank everybody for continuing to listening. Uh, I'm continuing to listen. I am going to actually get to work and I will be back this evening in uh, what for you will be several seconds and what will be for me several hours. So talk to you again soon. friends it is 4 34 p.m and my day is complete so headed back and yeah hope everyone had a great monday um you know i shared some stuff with you guys this morning that's kind of uh you know, got me a little worried, a little stressed out. I don't even remember, honestly, how much detail I went in with you guys. But basically, um, it, you know, the the future of this of my job is is a risk. And uh, excuse me. And um, that's not me crying. That's just my usual uh, getting, <laughs> getting shit in my throat. But uh, yeah. So you know, it, it's it's stressful. It's it's worrisome and you know I'm not necessarily struggling financially but I'm certainly I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm thriving either and I I don't know I mean if I get laid off the thought just occurred to me earlier while I was talking to my ex-wife I was talking to her on the phone a few minutes ago and the thought occurred to me that if I get laid off I think I would at least uh, qualify for unemployment so maybe I could get that and then do gig work if I need to but you know what I mean I'm going to start coming up with contingency plans. If I have time tonight, if not, um, I'll be off on Wednesday so I can dedicate that day to finishing my semester because this is the last day of this term. I've got one more assignment to do um, and that'll only take a few minutes and then, you know, dedicate the day to coming up with what's next. And, you know, I was thinking about it too in that, Often, I can be very indecisive, and especially when it comes to major life choices, I often need a push, or, you know, I I won't make a change until I'm forced to, and so I've kind of wondered at times if that was going to be the case with this job, you know, because I do enjoy it, and even though I know it's not what I want to do for the rest of my adult life, I, I, I like it, you know? And I worry that I'm going to end up, you know, finding a job that pays better and, you know, that's maybe more prestigious or whatever, but it's going to be a more traditional job where I have to go in an office and sit inside and be around a bunch of other people or something where I'm just stuck at home by myself all day. 
um, it, you know, one of those extremes, um, and that I'm going to look back on this and regret making that choice, regret giving this up and making that jump. But, you know, if I'm forced to, if I lose this job, well, then at least I won't have that regret, right? I mean, you know, that'll be something, I guess. But, you know, this might be that impetus. This, that might be, the, you know, the, the, the push, the the ignition, the starting event, you know, whatever that 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 pushes me to go ahead and move on from what I know I'm not going to do forever. And, you know, maybe like I was saying earlier, I can just take what's left of this time and appreciate it and try to enjoy it as much as possible and be grateful for this job that I love where I get to drive around in the mountains all day and but go ahead and start planning for life after after this. Um, <clears throat> that That's really probably how I'm going to look at things. And now, it, you know, it's entirely possible that this isn't going to happen, that I'm not going to lose this job. In fact, talking to my boss this morning, he was telling me that he actually believes it's more likely that a different route, not mine, would be the one that ends up being taken away. Um, and, and he went into some detail about that, about his thinking, and I don't know if he will have any input on it, but you know, it sounds like if they do ask his opinion, he's going to suggest that other one. Um, but, you know, according to him, you know, it would make a lot more sense for that one. So, but I don't think he's going to have any input on it. Um, in fact, I'd say the decision has already likely been made. We just don't know it yet. Um, so, you know, it's entirely possible that there aren't, that I'm not going to lose this job. But even if I don't, the writing is already on the wall. Like I talked about, it's always felt like our station is this weird little fleeting thing that's just barely kind of hanging on, on the, you know, outside of the, you know, higher ups awareness, you know, but we do our job, we perform well, and but we're just this small little station that is very different from the rest. And it's a very tight-knit group of people that work well together. I mean, it's not like we're all super close, but at work, we are. You know, we, we're friendly, we work well together, and, you know, it functions well. But it doesn't fit into what these stations have been for a long time. And so, you know, it's kind of always felt like there's, you know, it's on the edge. And it's always possible that we're going to find out that it's coming to an end. Um, so I kind of forgot where I was going with that actually. Um, but anyway, I mean, I guess what I was saying is even if this most recent threat doesn't immediately take my job, these upcoming changes within the corporation as a whole are nothing but bad for us. There, there's almost there's very little chance that these changes are going to be good for us and it's most likely going to eventually lead to either the closing of our station or it being converted to something you know our jobs being converted to something different and essentially it there are changes likely coming now is it going to be in you know three weeks for for me personally am i going to lose this job in three weeks and get a severance package or whatever maybe but maybe not um and if that doesn't happen though there are still going to be changes coming and they're probably not going to be good and so either way i need to start going ahead and and moving on and and planning for what's next and 
you know, I've still got a while because I had to cut down to one class at a time uh, as opposed to two classes at a time uh, when Lydia and I split up. So I'm still not going to graduate for another, I don't know, I ought to look at that, but I think it's maybe still another year. Um, if I was able to fucking uh, to to go back to two classes at a time, I would have already graduated. I actually, I, I think I would be graduating like this month, maybe. Actually, this might have been my final term if I would have been able to continue doing the two classes at a time. Um, I can't remember. It may have already happened, but either way, um, I, God, I wish I could. You know, maybe, and you know, I've got a, uh, I don't know, but. Either way, like I said, I need to start coming up with a plan and yeah, you know, I won't be able to use my degree yet because I don't have it. Although I do have an associate's degree, so maybe that'll count for something and getting another job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that there are jobs out there I could go get that I could make more money than what I'm, what I am right now. Um, but I don't even consider it because I enjoy this and, and I don't think that the that it would be so much of a difference financially that it would be worth me giving this up right now. Um, but then again, I haven't really looked. I haven't looked indeed, you know, I haven't actually gone job shopping in a long time. So I'm gonna start testing the waters and seeing what else is out there. You guys wish me luck. And, um, you know, hopefully, eventually I'll be able to, you know, I won't be forced to leave. Or excuse me, I won't be forced out or fired or laid off or whatever. I will be able to make the choice and the move voluntarily when I'm ready. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Um, but it does, you know, the one thing you can expect is change. So um, we'll see. Now, anyway, got all that personal crap out of the way. There was one more thing that I wanted to talk about, And then I will let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your evening or your day or whenever you're listening to this. I don't know. But... If you are listening to this, I love you and I thank you and I appreciate you. Um, The one last thing is the new AP men's basketball poll came out and Tennessee volunteers are sitting at number four now, which means the assumption is we would get a one seat going into the tournament. Now, there's still a lot to happen and we've got four games left and honestly, I guarantee you, this is the hardest four-game stretch that any team in the country faces to end the season. I, I guarantee you there is no other team in college basketball that is going to face a tougher full final four games than Tennessee. We've got Auburn coming up on Wednesday. Then we're at Alabama on Saturday. Then we're at South Carolina, who's better than anybody expected them to be, uh, the following sa- uh, whatever the next game is. And then we finish the season with Kentucky at home. Um, now, of those, and all of those four teams are in the top, somewhere in the top 18. Um, now, of those games, I was looking at the schedule and thinking about it a little earlier. And obviously, it's hard, you know, to, you never can predict what's going to happen. But Auburn is probably the most complete, toughest one of those opponents we will face. But we do have them at home. We will be prepared for them. We have been on a roll lately. And there's the Bruce Pearl factor with the familiarity and playing Auburn always means a little bit more because of him. And so I, I, I think the fact that that's at home, we should hopefully, and of course we will be a favorite in all of these games, um, unless there's some big injury or something happens. Um, so I'm hoping that we were able to get that one. 
then the next one the, i think the two that i'm most worried about are these next two it's auburn because they are the second best team in the sec i think behind us and then after that at alabama that's going to be tough because that team that team can shoot the lights out at any point like and a team that can shoot like that can beat anybody anytime if they are making shots but that's what it all depends on with them you know they are very much a you know a, a three-point shooting team i think they're an analytics based team you know so they're going to be doing the the layups the free throws and the threes and that whole thing and if they are hitting their shots which they're going to be hitting more they're more likely to be making shots at home than on the road we're going to be we could be in some trouble there so um, I am worried about that one just because they can be so effective uh, scoring. But we also have one of the best defenses in the country. So hopefully that'll cancel that out at least enough for, you know, our, our scoring to for us to score more points and win the game, I guess. Um, and then you've got at South Carolina. I'm not as worried about that one because they're not going to be sneaking up on anybody anymore. They beat us earlier in the season in our own building because nobody knew that South Carolina was going to be worth a shit to, at, this year. Nobody expected them to do much, and they kind of snuck up on us, and they snuck up on Kentucky, and it seems like they beat somebody else, one of the other really good teams. I don't know if it was Alabama or Auburn, somebody else. Um, but, you know, they're not going to be sneaking up on anybody again. Uh, so I'm not – I think we should – and plus you factor in the revenge factor there – I think we will take care of business at South Carolina. And then Kentucky to end the season. Kentucky, when they're on, they're one of the best teams in the country. They're a national championship contender. But they're so wildly inconsistent that you just never know. We already beat them and beat them pretty handily in their own building uh, when we played them earlier this year. And they're one of those teams, kind of like what I was talking about with Alabama. If they're on, then they're going to be tough to beat. But... A team that's that young and that inconsistent and that seemingly immature is really going to struggle at Tennessee to end the season with our defense and the way that we've been playing and all of our, you know, the experience on our team. So uh, of these four games, which again, I guarantee you is the toughest four game slate that anybody's going to face to finish the regular season. The first two of them are the two that concern me the most, but all of these are going to be tough opponents. And if we come out of this next stretch three and one, I think, and, and assuming we do well in the SEC tournament, I think we should still get an, a one seed. Um, if we win all of these games, then honestly, I don't think it really even matters what we do in the SEC tournament. We will get a one seed, and I guarantee you we'll jump, at least jump to number three ahead of Connecticut, who nobody really wants to believe in i still don't really know why because i i don't i'm not as familiar with college basketball like on a national level as i am other sports you know certainly not college football or the nfl um so i don't know that much about uconn i watched him a little bit um and watched some stuff about him because game day was in uh it was at their building this weekend um but you know i don't really know but what i do know is that They've been one of the best teams in the country for the last two years. They won the national championship last year, and still nobody really wants to believe in them, it seems like. Like, they started the season way down the rankings, like really low for a team that had just won the national championship. And, and remember last year, nobody really expected them. Like, I think they were a one seed, but they barely got the one seed, and everybody kind of considered them the weakest of those, of those four teams. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, 
And it felt like, you know, that was the year that it was wide open to win the championship. And if Ziegler hadn't gotten hurt, which that's a whole other discussion. Um, and I'll get to that in just a second, actually. But UConn's a team that, for whatever reason, it feels like they just keep kind of overachieving or, or outperforming expectations. But maybe they just really are that good. I don't know. But if if we go 4-0 in this stretch, we will definitely jump into jump ahead of them to number three. I would imagine we it wouldn't shock me if we jumped Purdue as well. Um, although they did beat us earlier in the season, that was, you know, way earlier. It's different circumstances, different teams now. That was before we really figured out how to play with this new elite scorer that we have. I, yeah, I think if we played Purdue right now at a neutral site, we beat them. Um, Houston, man, I've watched them for the first time. The first full game that I've watched Houston all year, I watched uh, over the weekend, and man, they were impressive. It was that game where they were just wiping the floor with Baylor, who was ranked 11th, um, and in their building, and they were just demolishing him. I mean, their defense was smothering. And then Baylor obviously came back in a big way in the second half and almost won it. Uh, it ended up going to overtime, and then Houston pulled away in overtime. But, man, they, they look like they're for real. So that is one team that I, I think is a definitively deserves to be number one. And, yeah, they're, they're tough. But in the SEC, Tennessee is clearly the best team. And, and this is what I've been saying about Tennessee. It feels like for years now. The one thing that we've been missing is that elite wing scorer, a three or a two guy who can score, who can shoot, who can create his own shot. And I know that's not a small thing to ask for, obviously. I know that, you know, everybody wants it, but it's been like, that's the thing that we're missing. And that's the thing that we've been trying to get with, because we keep getting these big time elite five-star recruits after, you know, Rick Barnes had been around for a few years, you know, and we became very successful as a basketball team he started getting these really big time recruits that were you know uh, six seven kids uh, that had that scoring ability and I keep expecting one of them to be that guy and none of them were and so far you know pretty much all of them were one and done guys and they get drafted and I don't know if any of them are really doing anything in the NBA right now but none of them lived up to that hope as a freshman so instead of doing that this year we went and got one from you know the division two ranks and got a transfer and he is that dude and of course nobody saw this coming nobody thought Dalton Connect could be this good against you know division one SEC competition um otherwise he would have been super duper recruited obviously but I mean this dude is ridiculous he is exactly what we've been wanting and the fact that we had pretty much the whole team come back last year. Last year's team was a national championship caliber team. If Zakai Ziegler hadn't gotten hurt there at the end of the season, especially with the way things shook out there, we would have at least made the Final Four and would have had a very good chance at winning the national championship. But he got hurt and, you know, things went the way they did. But now that almost that entire team came back he's back Vescovy's back Adu is back and now he is better than ever and is going to be an all SEC player like he is not only that great shot blocker and rim protector he is a big time scorer on the inside as well like he has become a true offensive threat out um, as a big guy which is another 
big bonus for us. Um, all of those guys came back. Triple J came back and is looking as good as ever. Excuse me, I had to get a drink. So, you know, pretty much that whole, almost that whole team that was already national championship caliber last year is back this year. And Awaka and those other guys, uh, he was the other one I was trying to think of. But um, all of those guys are back, and we add one of the best players in the country and probably the best pure scorer, the, the best scorer from the wing position of anybody in the country. You add that guy into the mix, and we also got kind of two of those guys because we've been searching for that, it feels like, for years and not landing on these guys, or, you know, these prospects don't develop. And now this year we go to the transfer portal instead and get two of them because the guy who's kind of been unsung and not really, nobody's really noticed has been Ganey this year. Like if it weren't for Connect, Ganey would probably be the number one or number two scorer on this team. Like he's really good too. He's not nearly that elite level, but he's really good too. So, I mean, this team is, we're the best team in the country and We've still got that elite Rick Barnes, Tennessee defense. We've got, uh, you know, an all-defense, all-SEC point guard, an all-SEC big guy in the middle, and Adu. We've got depth, and we've got uh, an all-American and national player of the year candidate who can score from anywhere at any time on anybody and is going to be a lottery pick and probably going to be a good NBA player as well in Dalton Connect. This is exciting. I mean, this is the best team that Rick Barnes has had since being in Tennessee. And it's maybe the best team Tennessee has had that I can remember. Um, I mean, this team is as good as those Grant Williams, uh, Admiral Schofield teams. And we've got this elite outside scorer that we never really had before. It's, it's, It's just so much fun to watch. So... Uh, yeah, pay attention to that. Root for the balls. We've got four games left in the regular season. Then we've got the SEC tournament. And if we win, you know, win out or win three of these games and beat Alabama, then we'll win the uh, regular season SEC championship and then have a chance to go on and win the SEC tournament as well and be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, yeah, really, really fun stuff on Rocky Top. And, it, you know, it's, it's about basketball. And, you know, it's also good because the football team is winning, too. Because, honestly, when the basketball team was good and the football team still sucked for those, you know, several years, it kind of felt like, I don't want to say hollow, but it felt like sort of a like a lesser thing. Like, it's like, okay, I mean, we're not necessarily a basketball school yet, but, you know, the basketball team's doing well, great, but the football team, that's what really matters, and that sucks. But now that the football team is back to being good again. Now the basketball team being this good feels even better somehow. I don't know. But anyway, um, that is enough for me. I think I ended up going over an hour today, which I was hoping not to do. But I do want to thank everybody who listened. Check out the YouTube channel. Uh, Lots of new stuff. Actually, something new coming on. I've got scheduled to come out today at 6 p.m. as well. It is uh, Talking Sports at Work on YouTube. Uh, follow me or friend me or whatever on social media. I am at HDW personally. Um, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Hope you have a great Monday. I will be back probably sometime later in this week. 
Um, and I will definitely be back for an episode on, uh, on YouTube on Wednesday, most likely. So anyway, thanks for listening and love you. Bye. Thank you.